0: For a short time, many years ago, I was in a charismatic group that had emphasized the, oh, I would say the flashy gifts of the Holy Spirit. And my impression was that everyone was trying to outperform each other in who could best speak in tongues. And I have to confess, I had very little tolerance for that nonsense then, and I even less tolerance for it now in this last stage of my life. I've also seen my share of self-anointed spiritual nutjobs claiming to have all kinds of gifts when they didn't. And very often, these were psychologically disturbed, manipulative, and emotionally stunted individuals who used religion as a way to avoid dealing with their personal issues by spiritualizing them away with the added bonuses of gaining a bit of notoriety and influence on the gullible. It is such aberrant behavior that gives religion bad press, and deservedly so. I want to focus on a very different kind of gift of the Holy Spirit. One not specifically mentioned in either Old or New Testaments. One that is not reserved to a select few but accessible to all. One which is part and parcel of every Christian's life, whatever his or her vocation happens to be. One that is so subtle that the believer may not even be aware of having this gift and yet lives it. After all, subtlety is the characteristic hallmark of the Holy Spirit. And the gift I refer to is the ability to accept love and to give love. But first, I have to put this in a biblical context, and I hope you'll uh, bear with me. This past Friday, the Gospel text used for the Mass was John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. It was the wonderful account of our resurrected Lord preparing breakfast on the beach for his disciples while they were still out fishing. And during the breakfast, The Lord asked Peter three times, Simon son of John, do you love me? The first two times the Greek of the gospel uses the expression agapasme from the word agape. The ancients were very precise In the use of the word love, unlike us moderns, I love my wife, I love my children, I love my parents, I love my dog, I love that ice cream, I love that movie. The ancients weren't like that. In fact, they had several words for love, each having a very different meaning. Agape refers specifically to sacrificial love where one is willing to place his needs as secondary to the needs of the other, willing to sacrifice what is essential for him for the sake of the other, even if that will require suffering. To the ancients, agape was the noblest, the highest form of love that can exist between people. This is what Jesus was asking of Peter. Each time, Peter responded, Philos say, Lord, I love you, but using Philos, which specifically means the love of brothers. A high form of love, to be sure, but not at the level of agape, sacrificial love. The third time, Jesus asked Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? See, English just doesn't get this. We just don't have the way of describing it. But the third time Jesus asked Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus shifted the language. He didn't ask, me. Do you have sacrificial love for me, Peter? No. He said, me. Do you have brotherly love for me? Jesus used Peter's term. Jesus came down to Peter's level. And the gospel tells us in verse 17, Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? Well, Peter, why were you grieved? The Lord came down to your level. Why are you grieving? Because Peter knew he could not rise yet to that level of sacrificial love that Jesus wanted from him. Peter simply was not ready for that. Now, the Lord, of course, knew that. He knows what you and I are ready to accept. But he wanted Peter to know it why? Well, remember, just prior to Jesus' arrest, Peter swore to Jesus in the presence of the disciples, as recorded in chapter 13, verse 28, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Peter thought he was ready. Peter thought he could offer agape, sacrificial love. Now, Peter was well intentioned. But he wasn't ready, despite his good intentions. You know, we often don't know ourselves as well as we like to think we do. Well, two things happened to Peter at that breakfast on the beach. First, Jesus accepted Peter's inability to love the way Jesus wanted, the way Jesus knew Peter could accomplish. He took Peter at the level that Peter was at, knowing that eventually, after the Holy Spirit descended upon the disciples, Peter's capacity for loving would expand and over time attain the level of love Peter was called to, one that would enable him to offer his life for Jesus and the gospel. Second, Peter accepted the Lord's love for him. Remember, Peter denied Jesus three times. <clears throat> and now, three times, Peter had to confess his love for Jesus in the presence of the disciples, the church, however imperfect that love was. He did so. He was restored to his role as head of the apostles, again, as imperfect and as undeserving as he knew he was. You see, Peter experienced a powerful truth. We are accepted, loved by the Lord, no matter how unacceptable or how unlovable we think we are. And in that divine acceptance and love, we begin to grow in accepting love and giving love as we develop into the full stature of our humanity and fulfill our mission in this world. The gift of the Holy Spirit to accept love and give love is one of the greatest gifts. Of course, it's not flashy. It doesn't draw attention. It's quiet, subtle, imperceptible. Even to the one to whom it is given. But it is the most powerful and life changing gift one can receive. What the Holy Spirit did for Peter, he's doing right now for you, for me, for every Christian, whatever condition our lives are in. Divine love takes us at whatever level we are at and slowly helps us grow to what the Lord knows we are capable of.